amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. of Just Parlays. I'm Jim Williams and my partner, Chris King. As we say, it's Wednesday, another day to win at Parlays. That's what we're here to help you do. Christopher, um, crazy night last night, both in the NHL and the NBA. Uh, not to mention college. You mentioned uh, neither of us thought that the Bonnies would uh, be run up and down uh, Madison Square Garden's court by Xavier, but Xavier uh, proves to be the better team, but the real one that you had pointed out in the pre-show, Texas A&M and Washington State, uh, you uh, they definitely, I guess, wanted the under. Yeah, I mean, first, let me apologize. I thought that, like I said, I thought St. Bonaventure and Xavier would end up under 139, not end up at 161, which is where it ended up. But then again, who expected that we would see 100 combined points in the second yeah. half of that game? Uh, but Texas A&M and Washington State, it was a close game at halftime. Texas A&M was up six. Then you look at the first ten minutes of the second half. Texas A&M outscored Washington State thirty to thirteen. And the game was over at that point because you have to think it was 62-39. Um, and then down the stretch, nobody wanted to score any points. I mean, Washington State had no field goals in the last five and a half minutes. Texas A&M didn't score at all in the last five minutes at all, um, you look, both teams, the teams combined to shoot 43 three-point attempts. They made nine. Uh, Texas A&M was two of 14. Uh, they shot 33 free throws and proceeded to miss 16 of those. So, I mean, they were just leaving points all over the place in order to try and make sure that this game did fall short of the number. And, you know, there's that song by Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. Well, in college basketball yesterday, we're going to say, we're going to change it slightly and make it two out of four is okay. 
Right. Uh, because if you're grading on a college level, two out of four is probably still a C in most colleges. Yeah. I never understood that when I went to school because, you know, I never understood how you could get a 40 and still get a D. Um, mm. So, you know, we'll give ourselves a C or maybe a C plus on top of my college with right. history. But, you know, we, we did better uh, elsewhere. Yeah, the NHL, the NBA, I mean, mm-hmm. both the two-teamers hit yesterday, because we said the Bulls over the Wiz, uh, they won by, I think it was 13 points, as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The mm-hmm. Wild beat the Flyers convincingly. The Bucks were an underdog when we, were, when we went out in the air. I think they, that line got bit up to a pick and they beat the 76ers. And we talked about Florida beating Montreal, but we talked about in the pre-show about how they had their issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with goaltending, and I'm, if I'm Andrew Burnett, I'm wondering, you know, Spencer Knight, we know he's not the answer. Jonas Johansson, you know, they picked him up off waivers. He's probably not the answer either. But now, what do you do when you watch Sergei Bobrovsky give up three goals in a minute 42 against a team that's playing for nothing but tee times on the golf course next month because their season's already guaranteed to be over? You, you're concerned. <laughs> that's, that's, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, because there's nowhere to go to get a goalkeeper now, and right. unless they, you know, unless they're stashing somebody away in the, um, you know, in the minors, which I don't think is the case. You know, sometimes he, goalkeepers like everybody else are streaky. I don't know. Maybe he's had, he had a bad day, or maybe he had a bad burrito, or maybe he had something that, during the period break or something that didn't agree with him. But three goals in a you know less than two minutes is not kind of um, especially against a doorman. Yeah, I mean if you're facing you know a good team like the the Oilers in the eighties where you had you know Curry and Gretzky and Anderson and Messier and all those guys, that's one thing. You're facing a Canadians team that doesn't even have twenty wins. Right. And apparently, Banana Banana said that that's a C plus. So we'll 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 take take that. Thanks, Bananas. We appreciate it. The C plus is that. just that far away from a B-minus. That's right. We'll just see. Very close. As Ply said, that, you know, Florida and Minnesota and the Bulls and Texas A&M all came through for the old parlay, so good job for you, Sly. Uh, that, that worked out for you. Yeah. Thanks. But we can have some more success today. Yeah. And you were, we see up there already talking about the Sharks and Coyotes. I know everybody's excited about that matchup for sure. Uh, and you're right, there's been a lot of offensive machinery in, in those games, which I haven't decided if it's because all of a sudden these teams like to score when they play each other or if it's just bad goaltending. I think uh, we're seeing bad goaltending all around the league. But it seems when these two teams play, there's always a lot of offense because if you look in the last 10 meetings between the Sharks and the Coyotes, the over is 8-1-1. One one. Wow. Yeah, they scored 7 Combined totals of seven, eight, seven, four was the one under. It was a four nothing shutout. Uh, then ten, then six, then seven, then nine, then fifteen. With that game right after Christmas, there was eight seven in a shootout, and then they pushed uh, a couple weeks ago at six. But eight one and one. So yeah, there's meat on the bone there because you know the over is going over six is going at plus one hundred. I think it's a safe bet. In fact, I think I have it in shot in the dark because of the fact that, um, like you said, these teams seem to score. They don't score goals against anybody else because the Sharks are 28th in goals for and the Coyotes are last. But 
but when they play, there just seems to be a lot of fireworks that you'll figure it out. Well, it's one of those things where you just have to go back and say, maybe they just match up that way, you know? Badly? Yeah. It's a, it's a bad match for both sides. So, so it's a weird day for everybody, guys, because there's no college basketball tonight. The uh, NIT final and the TBC final will be uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll see Texas A&M and Xavier, and you'll see Coastal Carolina and Fresno State. Um, and that will end basketball until the weekend. And, right. Uh, and then, you know, after Monday, we'll be talking about... Um, we talking about the Masters and the end, and the start of uh, and the start of the uh, baseball season. And, and you know, I'm sure there's a cornhole tournament or something going on somewhere. Uh, what was it that Allie did when uh, was it Korean oh, Russian table tennis? Table tennis? Yeah, Russian yeah. table tennis, right? Um, yeah, um, and you know the USFL will be coming up in April as well. Please, please don't, uh, please don't remind me. Uh, it's just painful. They play well, I mean, it could, be, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be I mean, the uh, European uh, league that they had, the World League of Football. Uh, yeah, and they're pl- playing all their games in uh, in uh, Birmingham, so there's that. Um, yeah, which, which is going to be weird, but I mean, it'll be nice to see some of these, um, uh, some of the old teams, team names back from the 80s, you know, seeing yeah. the New Jersey Generals and the... Uh, Philadelphia Stars, you know. Um, I know our buddy Evan Weiner probably knows a lot or could talk a lot about uh, how things went in the USFL back in the eighties. Um, yeah, I directed the games uh, for the three years that they were in existence. Um, did, they, did your name roll in the credits at the end when they show all the stu- all the names? Uh, you know, you see Pat Summerall, I may say. And our director, Sandy Grossman, and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, it's a uh, funny thing about you, uh, ESPN back in those days. Um, ESPN um, occasionally mentioned it. it. There's a whole reason we'll to get, I'll tell you for another reason. But yeah, they, we we were mentioned. Let's put it that way. Because ESPN does not, if you're, to this very day, ESPN does not roll credits. There are no credits at the end of any ESPN broadcast. There's simply just a ESPN copyright. And uh, one day I will tell you the reason I will not uh, share it with the audience um, for fear of retribution. But uh, anyway, no. Speaking of the USFL, Jim, what do you think about some of the options, the rule of things that they've come out with since we have a few minutes to talk about? They're fine. I mean, they're going to have, you can have the traditional onside kick from the 25, like you would in the NFL, or you can go for it on 4th and 12 at your own 33. Yeah, I, you know, it's to me, it's anything you can do just to play, you know, just to try things, just to see what whether it works or not. I mean, look at the the USFL uh, brought the two point conversion to the NFL, so there's that. Uh, not not also, and you're you know, Bills fan, Mouse Davis brought that offense that he moved Jim Kelly in the you know they went up there and. There's a reason why um, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills during that time graduated from Harvard. He's smart enough to know when he sees something that's working, use it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, 
that's was there was that. I mean, there are a lot of players in that Steve Young played in the, in the league. Uh, you know, he went on to greatness. Yeah, interesting. Your point about Mark Levy. The other interesting thing yeah. was when he worked with the Blitz. Was two of the people that worked in the front office were Bill Pulley mm-hmm. and John Butler, who you know Pulley went on to be multiple time executive of the year. Uh, Butler took over the GM role after. Uh, Pullian was fired in Buffalo. I still don't understand what the whole fiasco was with that. It's been three decades. We um, also had Carl Peterson, who was with the Stars, who went on to do a very good job in Philadelphia, and then move on and uh, and do a good job in Kansas City. So there's that. Uh, you had a number of, um, of players who would go on to play in the National Football League, other than the Stars that we mentioned. Um, and... Um, yeah, some coaches. So it wasn't yeah, Jim a bad Morris, thing. Sam Mills. I'm sorry? Jim Mora was a coach. You know, yeah. he coached the Stars. Sam sure. Mills played in the league. Sure. Um, i trying to think who else was uh, Chuck Fairbanks, but I don't think he coached in the NFL. No, he didn't. He didn't. But um, there were, well, Herschel Walker. Um, of course. And, you know, the great thing about Herschel Walker was he gave he the trade that Jimmy Johnson made when he first took over Dallas with Herschel Walker laid the foundation for the Cowboys winning you know three Super Bowls in a row. Um, so there was that. Um, so yeah, there's there was a lot. And to be honest, you know Steve Spurrier at um, with Tampa Bay went on obviously to do well as a college football coach. After that, and uh, yeah, so yeah, there was there were some guys who who came out of there, not just the, the coaches, players, and as we said, even executives who came out of it from that standpoint. But anyway, uh, let's take a look at what's going on in the NHL thing. Yeah, it makes sense. We don't have any uh, basketball talk. I'm gonna have to figure out something to fill that slot. Uh, Zach said he bet on the World Dart Championships last year. <laughs> That's really going out there. Zach, buddy, you got to get a life, bud. I, I didn't do the research on darts because uh, a lot oh, of those guys are very good. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know where I would start with something like that. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to watch a lot of darts. <laughs> but uh, Speaking we'll of darts, the, the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start in the Motor City with uh, Lenny's Red Wings hosting the Rangers. The Rangers, of course, went into it. Last house last night and beat the Penguins three to two. So they're playing the second game of back to back. It's the fourth game in six nights for New York. Uh, they beat Buffalo in overtime on Sunday. Uh, they're 43 19 and five. They're 21 13 and two on the road. They're 20, or the Red Wings are 26 32 and eight. Uh, not all that impressive when you get right down to it. Um, I know Lenny had hopes that this team was going to make the a run to the postseason. Uh, not going to pan out, it doesn't look like, uh, at this point. It's supposed to be Alexander Georgiev, 10-9-1 with a 308 goals against an 894 save percentage and one shutout. Expected to start for the Rangers against the Red Wings' Alex Nedeljkovic. He's 17-20-7 with a 326 goals against a 901 save percentage and two shutouts. Uh, the Rangers are 18th in goals for at 3.01. The Red Wings are 21st at 2.82, but that's where the similarities end. Um, if you look, the Rangers third in the league in goals against 2.57. Detroit is dead last in 
that category, giving up 3.80 goals a night, uh, including that horrible 11-2 shellacking at the hands of the Penguins the other night. Um, Detroit had just fallen off a cliff defensively. It's got to be disturbing for Steve Eiserman and the boys. You have to think they'll try to address that uh, gaping hole in it during uh, the offseason, whether that's trying to find somebody in free agency or via trade or hoping you can draft somebody that's worth something. Um, I get that Nettle Kovic has played well at times, uh, but Thomas Grace has been a disaster. Uh, Calvin Picard, nobody, nobody cares about him either. Um, and Nettle Kovic, I don't think, is cut out to be at number one at this level. Uh, the Rangers are 21-5 and five in their last 26 against Atlantic Division teams. They're 4-1 in their last five in the fourth game of a four-game and six-night situation like we're facing right here. They're 4-1 in their last five on the road. The Red Wings, well, they've struggled. They're 1-5 in their last six when their opponent gives up two goals or less in their last game. And they're just 2-11 and in their last 13 as a home underdog. It's uh, hard to have faith in a team like Detroit right now they've gone spiraling down the standings and into oblivion as far as the playoff picture goes. Remember just a couple weeks ago, they were within single digits of a wild card spot. Uh, You look up now, and the Red Wings now sitting 24 points behind the Capitals. They have 16 games remaining. So the tragic tragic number for them uh, creeping up quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. By the way, Tim, uh, Tim Earl's in the house. Uh, good to see you, Tim. I uh, got a chance to catch some of your show this morning. You were uh, always entertaining, my friend, and we are working on a little bit of echo that Chris has to fix that aspect of it. And um, yeah, have an echo again. Yeah, a little bit of an echo, but uh, can't figure out why. Maybe your audio uh, is a little too high. I don't know. Michael, good to see you in the house, my friend. So, yeah, the Rangers. The Rangers are looking good. Um, it's no easy feat to go to Pittsburgh and dominate, and they did that yesterday. So, good on them. And now they got to go to Detroit and do it again. So we'll see what happens tonight. Moving on from yeah, I think Kenny Elmer to be on that game. It's a TNT. Yeah, concert. it's a TNT game. Why they picked that game, I'll never know. But okay. Well, because nobody yeah. wanted to see Winnipeg and Buffalo. Kenny Albert would have been on that game anyway. Because <laughs> he also does that, the Rangers. That, that's true. Yeah, man. So, man, that's why they picked him. <laughs> yeah. He does the Rangers. So, it's, uh, you know, they don't have to pay him. You know, they pay him extra, but they probably don't have to pay him transportation. So, there you go. Anyway, let's move on and see who's next on the agenda here. Edmonton and the Kings. Now, the Kings have played good hockey. Yeah, they're 36 23 and 9. They actually have a good record on the road, which is strange. Um, unfortunately, the Kings are also battling a slew of injuries. Uh, Drew Doughty uh, not expected to come back uh, during the regular season. Uh, Blake Lazan is questionable. Andrew is out. Um, Dustin Brown, you know, is out. Brendan Lemieux, insert name here. I mean, they're dealing with a it's a battle of attrition at this point. Uh, the Oilers, they played well since they fired Dave Tippett. I was not a big fan of firing Tippett. I didn't think it was his fault uh, that they're basically a one-line team. They've been a one-line team for years because the Oilers refuse to invest in 
alternative talent to bolster their core of uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, and their goaltending is atrocious. They didn't make a move at the deadline, which was surprising. They're, why they think they're going to roll with a 39-year-old Mike Smith and a questionable starter in Mingo Costa in the playoff on how they blew up last year. But in this one, you know, I'm going to roll with them here. They're playing at home. They've been playing well there. Uh, like I said, the Kings are beat up. Uh, it's going to be Jonathan Quick, 17, 12, and 8, with a 265 goals against a 909 save percentage and two shutouts against the aforementioned Miko Koskinen, who, despite being 24, 10, and 3, you look at the rest of those numbers, and they're not all that great. 311 goals against 901 save percentage one shutout. Kings are 20th in goals for 2.84 uh, to the Oilers' 7th at 3.43. The Kings have the edge defensively. They're 9th in goals against a 2.81. The Oilers' 22nd. 322, but it's tough to contain Edmonton at home offensively, uh, especially of late. We saw them whip up on the Coyotes the other night. Uh, they got involved in that 9-5 loss to Calgary before that. Uh, and Before that, they beat San Jose 5-2. So if you look in their last 10 games, they've scored at least four goals on eight of those occasions, um, which is a make sure a dangerous offensive team for sure. There's 3.61 goals per game uh, at home. Kings only put up 2.75 on the road. Oilers are 6-0 and when their last six is a favorite. 6-0 when their last six is a home favorite. They're 7-0 and when their last seven at home. Kings struggle at just 3-7 and in their last 10 against the West. 2-5 and in their last seven on one day of rest. 1-4 in their last five when their opponent gives up two or less. And they've dropped five of the last six trips out here to Edmonton. Maybe it's the Gretzky hangover. Uh, you know, everybody remembers the famous trade back in 1988 mm-hmm. that didn't help the Kings, really. Uh, they never won a cup with Gretzky. I know they went to the finals in 93 when we had the whole Marty McSorley uh, illegal curve incident right. that, you know, Montreal then tied the game on power play one in overtime and then proceeded to blow the Kings out of the water. Um it's tough for the Kings going to Edmonton. It's even tougher when you're banged up and when Edmonton's playing good hockey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Oilers. I, yeah, I don't think that the Kings just haven't been playing well. Um, you know, they got pasted by the Kraken 6-1 to one the other night. Yeah. I don't know if Jonathan Quick played in that game, but definitely not. Uh, they're just not playing defense at all. Uh, quick question about tonight's uh, U.S. men's national team game between uh, Costa Rica and uh, the U.S. men's team. Now, if the U.S. wins, then they automatically qualify for the World Cup. One way or the other, they're going to get there. But tonight, we'll win on the road in Costa Rica. Uh, they get it. I think the I think the was one ten. Is that what uh, Zach yeah. was? That yeah. Zach had that. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Eesh. You know, they get in with they can get in with a tie. You know, nothing. Well if they can get in with a tie, well they should take it because it would be they've not had a lot of success against Costa Rica in their no. lifetime. And they're, they're playing in Costa Rica. So And I wanna say they're like oh nine and one or something like that against Costa Rica in qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's what oh oh nine and one. Yeah. And that draw came back in nineteen eighty five. Uh, Michael says that uh, the U.S. men's also are a plus nine goal differential. Um, 
Yeah, I, you know, man, that, you know, the way they played in the past two year, you know, cycles doesn't really give you a lot of confidence that, you're, that going on the road and beating Costa Rica, you know, and beating them soundly uh, is a good thing. Yeah, um, apparently their, uh, their goal differential is actually thir- or plus 13. Costa Rica's is plus 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know... Yeah, that's misleading, it, though. True. Uh, but here's the thing. The U.S. can make the World Cup as long as they win, draw, or lose by less than 6. Yeah. Um... Franco thinks it's going to be a draw. No bet. Don't bet on the USA. Um, I, I agree with Franco. I, I don't admittedly know. A, I don't necessarily know a ton about soccer, but you know when you, I see that you're o nine and one in your lifetime against a team, and you have to go to Costa Rica, and you know that as long as you don't get blown out, uh, you know into oblivion, that you're going to qualify anyway. Well, uh, yeah, they also have a lot of players coming back off you. They they literally had red card fever. I mean, uh, you know, or yellow card fever. I'm sorry. So they're going to have guys who had to couldn't play in the last game are going to play this game. Uh, I, you know what, a tie would be good. I, I'd take a tie if I were them. Hell, at this point, as you were saying, as long as they don't. Uh, so, and Michael brings up a very good point. The Costa Rican goalie is from Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, yeah, he's making. I'll tell you what, Michael, you're making you're making a good case to not bet on the uh, uh, to not bet on the uh, on the U.S. men's team tonight, uh, or to bet at least that they, you know, are they getting they're getting points or what's the deal on that? Chris, you got a line on that? But uh, they're plus they're plus one ten. I don't know how they if they do uh, goal lines in soccer like they do in. Meanwhile, Quentin uh, has a quick question. He thinks uh, that the Kings the Kings plus two and a half. Well, I mean, then you're you're basically saying that Edmonton would have to win by three to cover that. I mean, That's sure. Right. I mean, I'm not expecting the Kings to go out and win seven to seven to two or any, or the Oilers to win seven to two or anything like that, but. I mean, if you're paying the premium for two and a half on the Kings, uh, first, good luck finding a book on that, because all the ones I see are one or one and a half. But you'd be paying an awful lot of juice to get two and a half goals for the Kings, because even getting one and a half is plus anywhere between plus one th- or minus 135 and minus 150. I can only imagine minus 2.5 would, or plus 2.5 would be somewhere up in the, right in the uh, near minus 200. I mean, the Oilers at minus one and a half is going off between plus 120 and 130. Um, yeah, if you're going to, if you want to throw a lot of juice on it and say that taking the Kings plus two and a half goals, uh, you can. Um, it, it would be an, an awful steep investment, I think. Okay, there you go. So, Zach said soccer is a three way line, so the U.S. to win is plus 110, draw is plus 210. Costa Rica to win is plus 270. Yeah, I was just looking at Caesar's Sportsbook. As them as one, plus 114. Um, and, yeah. 
no 265. A draw. I would I would lean towards a draw. A draw is what plus 195. And the total goals scored between the two is 1.5. Oh, that's the uh, that's in Caesars, yeah. So the the over under on the book on the game is one five. I don't know if I was if I was and I'm not. I'd stay away from. But if you if you really do, that might be the play, is to go one five. Yeah, I would probably lean towards. I'd lean towards a draw. I just don't uh, necessarily. I think that uh, Team USA will be complacent because they don't want to give Costa Rica any chances to try and get out there and pile up a bunch of goals. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. disagree with Michael's assessment of what's going on there. Yeah, that's true. Mexico is tougher. Yeah. Basically, play keep away so they don't give up opportunities. Yeah. It's the old Italian play. Play from midfield back. Make you score goals. You know, they play and defense. Yeah, and if you look too, US the US is 0-2-2 two two in their last four on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, they beat Panama the other day, but that game was at home. <laughs> and you know, you might not see a lot of those guys uh, like Pulisic and stuff playing big minutes because of the fact that they've got that that goal differential to work with. Right. So I I lean towards a draw. Yeah, we'll get to the Celtics there in a little while, Sean. Um, all right, so. From the pitch, let's go to... Yeah, I why Costa Rica to cover you know, and then draw, or Costa Rica to win, you're still okay. What, Super Sly? Yeah. Yeah. Sly, Sly's on it. Yeah, we'll take you. He, he knows what's going down. We'll, we'll follow you, Sly. We'll go with it. All right, um, the National Basketball Association, my understanding, is still playing. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh Let's go with um, let's go with the NBA and see what's going on over there. There's the NBA, yes. Yes, they are. Let's start with Phoenix. Can you believe this? The Phoenix Suns are playing basketball. I know it's a shocker. Uh, they're taking on Golden State. Remember when we used to talk about how, how this was such a crowded <laughs> race for the uh, I was about to say, I was about to say, remember the remember the good old days when these two teams were pretty equal. Not yeah, remember like late January? Yeah. Ah, uh, those uh, were the good old days. Uh, the halcyon days of winter. Right. So, so now we have the Phoenix Suns who already are in the playoffs. They are uh, salted that away. And uh, they're on the road they're to play they're, the they're Warriors. They're pretty much locked down, I think. They're uh, pretty much already locked down both court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well. 61-14. Yeah, this line's yeah. actually gone down yesterday. Last night it was at six and a half. It's at four and a half now, which is weird because when you look at the injury report, there's no new additions. I mean, you know, Steph Curry is going to play for the Warriors. Apparently, Andre Iguodala will be back tonight for the first time in a while. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, for Phoenix, Cameron Johnson is doubtful. He's been dealing with that quad injury ever since uh, he had that banked in three against the Knicks back in early March. Frank Kaminsky has been out since November. Nobody cared. Dario Saric, I don't think, has played all year, or if he did, way back in October, November. JaVale McGee is out with a non-COVID illness, but this was a factor last night, so I don't see why the line has moved that much. Um, 
have to look. Uh, the Suns are third in scoring offense at 115.3. Their first in field goal percentage is 48.8. Their fourth in three-point shooting at 37%. Uh, I get the Warriors are good on defense. They're fifth in the league. Their second in field goal percentage defense. Um, they're uh, fifth in three-point defense. Yeah, I'm not sure why this line is moving. I guess people are betting on Golden State because of the fact that Iguodala's back in the mix, but it's, let's face it, Iguodala's not a guy that's going to move the needle as far as the scoring option. Um, and, you know, how long is let's, Let me see on the last time Iguodala played, because I know it's been a while because he's been battling that back issue for God knows how long. We've gotten... In both the NHL, we talked about it yesterday. We got both the NHL and the NBA some pretty wonky lines lately, where things yeah, start yeah. off going one way and then go the other way for no apparent reason. And uh, Iguodala's last game, he played five minutes and forty-six seconds against the Thunder on February seventh. Uh, before that, you had to go back to January twentieth. So he's played one game in two plus months, and in that, he didn't even play six minutes. Um, well, Steph Curry's not playing. Right. Curry's not playing. I mean, Thompson's so, playing. Draymond Green is playing. But CP3 is back for the uh, Suns. You know, he played well in the last couple of games. Devin Booker is there. I don't understand. Uh, unless, there's, there's, unless there's diehard Golden State fans jumping out there saying, we're going to die on this hill and throw a bunch of money at him and move the line. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, I don't see the Suns coasting. No, I don't either. I mean, if they were going to coast, then we would they would have uh, coasted against Philadelphia the other night right. or you know, some of these other teams. Um, I don't get why the line shifted either. There's nothing on the injury report. I just checked it. It was just updated it a couple minutes ago. Um, the only thing I can think of is because they're playing at the Chase Center, so they, they decided that giving that many points was too much, so it got knocked so, down. So playing at the Chase Center is worth a point. I mean, I'd buy that if... if the That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, if you look at the numbers here, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense. Um. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, go down there to the Suns. Oh, you're right, uh, Ricardo. He did. I, for, I forgot. Iguodala did play against Memphis. I, I missed that one down here at the bottom. Uh, he played 15 minutes um, and finished with what six points. Yeah, but Again, he never did. He never did four points a game this year. Yeah, but I mean, that's 15 minutes is not. It's not going to get it. It's not going to get it done. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Suns here. I mean, I can't figure out anything uh, what it was. H.A. Essence says it's the last game, last game of the night screw job. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen that happen with some of these games where, you know, the lines come out walking and then all of a sudden somebody will get ruled out five, five minutes before the contest. Um, the Suns are 4-0 in their last four against teams of winning record. They're 7-1 against the spread in their last eight overall. The Warriors 0-5 against the spread in their last five after a straight-up loss by double digits. Uh, they lost to the Wizards right out loud. Um, and then they were trounced by Memphis uh, the other night in a game where, you know, we said Memphis is 18-2 without you know, uh, John Morant. Um, and there's Kevin Harlan to give us an update. Yeah. Oh, let me... On the bad phone. Um, but no, it, it just doesn't make sense why Golden State's only a four-and-a-half point under, underdog. Um, I'm just looking to see how things went between these teams before Let's see. Okay, Golden State lost one, uh, first game by eight. They won the second one by 22. That was back in December, and they won on Christmas. So these teams haven't met since Christmas Day. Uh, it's been a massive change of fortune as far as how things have gone for those teams since, thanks to injuries and everything else. I just think in the end that there's too many weapons for Phoenix. Uh, and look at that record, 30-6 and six on the road. There's plenty of teams that would love to have that for a home record. <laughs> True. Uh, uh, so I'm going to go with the Suns. Ricardo, I appreciate the comments about the format. We try to put all that stuff out so that way everybody can see where we're going from. Um, that way all the information is laid out and people can get what we're trying to trying to put across because it makes it a little easier than just trying to rattle things off the top of our heads. Uh, it also Ryan, allows it, people to write some stuff down if they want. Um, that's true. You know, gives you gives you an opportunity to see that research has been done. This is not just a pick it out of your head type of thing. So, uh, and Ryan, I guess it's always possible that you'll see Booker or Paul get pulled or get uh, marked down later this afternoon or early this evening on the injury report, but as of right now, this was the uh, 2.30 injury report from the league itself, uh, neither one of their names are showing up on it. Now, of course, you can always check back at 5 with uh, mm-hmm. Nick Tim and Lenny, and Detroit Lenny, uh, on the game time decision to see if there's any further updates about these guys. But as, of, as it stands at this moment, Neither one of those guys are on the injury. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well. No, at this point, I'm saying take the Suns and run. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not an overwhelming amount of points to give. No, especially when you've got 61 wins. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the next one. Uh, let's see, Quentin has, a, Quentin has a parlay he wants to run by to see if you like this one. Rangers, Raptors, Suns. I like the Suns. I like the Rangers. Let me see. He's betting money line all the way across on this. The Raptors are playing the Timberwolves, if memory serves. It's at Scotiabank uh, Arena. Um, Minnesota's two games below 500 on the road. Toronto has been great at home, but they've played better of late. 
Beasley's out for the Timberwolves. Um, yeah, you could do worse. I mean, the Raptors uh, played good ball of late. They beat Boston uh, the other night in the second game of back-to-back when the Celtics um, had hammered Minnesota the day before. Just out of curiosity, I wonder, Quentin, why why the money line instead of the points on Phoenix. I mean, but, uh, yeah. there are, there's, like I said, there are some people that, that don't want to give points. Yeah, that's I true. Uh, Toronto's down to a two-and-a-half point favorite. It was three earlier. Um, so that ticked down slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's why I always put both of them up, because there's some people that just want to yeah. play the money line because they, wanna, they don't want to have to sweat out whether a team's going to, you know, And San Antonio, we've been loving the Grizz. Yeah, that's another one where I'm surprised the line has actually come down because the line last night when I was doing research was hold on, because I've got it written down here because I keep a sheet with all the stuff I'm going through. Last night the line was Memphis by six and a half. This was right around midnight. Um, that line has now trended to it was five. Uh, now, yeah, it's still five. So it's trended down a point and a half, which the only thing I can see that comes up here is Jared Jackson is uh, Jr. is questionable with a thigh injury. Um, but, you know, they put, we said the Grizzlies are 18-2 and two without John Morant. Um, mm-hmm. The Spurs, you know, they moved into the last spot in the play-in tournament thanks to the Lakers losing. Uh, because San Antonio owns the tiebreaker, uh, but they won't have Romeo Langford, they won't have Doug McDermott, DJ Stewart down in the G League. Monty Walker uh, is apparently available, but I'll be interested to see how many minutes he can go with that uh, stiff back. Meanwhile, for the uh, Grizz, outside of Jackson, you know, Morant is out, uh, East Ponds is down in the G League, getting back at the speed, Killian Tilly out with a knee injury. But let's face it, they're talking about two teams uh, at different ends of things here. And the line is actually, like I said, it's five. The money line is down to minus 210 instead of 240. Um, but, you know, the Grizz are first in the league in scoring offense. That doesn't bode well when you're a San Antonio team that's in the bottom quarter of the league in scoring defense at 113.3. Um, you know, they're 22nd in field goal percentage defense. They're 22nd in three-point defense. The Spurs can score, but they can't stop anybody. Uh, that's been their Achilles heel all season. San Antonio all of a sudden decides they want to run like, you know, they're the seven seconds or less era under Mike D'Antoni when the Suns were doing that with Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really Popovich's style. Um, Memphis is 4-0 in their last four after an ATS win. They're 4-0 in their last four after a straight-up win. And they're 4-0 in their last four after beating somebody by double digits. San Antonio, 1-8. Their last nine is a home underdog. They're 0-5. In their last five at home against teams of the road winning percentage greater than 600. Um, I'm going to go with Memphis. 
I think there's no question you got to go with Memphis on that one. Ricardo throwing some soccer back with us. Oh, we were just saying, uh, people were saying that they wouldn't bet on the soccer game itself. That's why he said no bet. Um, We were just talking about how uh, if you were going to bet, the draw or to lean towards Costa Rica would probably be the safer option. But if you don't want to bet on the game at all or if you don't have a strong play, then stay away from it. Here's something that Coin wants to know if you agree with, and that is he wants to play safe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's people that like to play safe. There's people that uh, get mad if we say to play money lines because some of them get, you know, prohibitive. Uh, you've seen that with some of the games we've talked about before, yeah. like whenever Vermont was playing. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we put them both up there, because that way people have the option if they want to play the money mm-hmm. line and play it safe or that's it's all about options. Right. That's what we do. We give you two for the money, four for the show, and the big uh, the big go for the for everything, where you can take two, four, six, eight, whatever, ten, all the way you want. And by the way, if you want Chris's parlays, the personal parlays that he likes, go to our show box below and click on the link, and it will show you how to get it sent directly to your mailbox. Okay, so... If you want Chris's personal picks on these games, not just these games, we've given you these games, but some other games, yeah, check it out. It's in the show box below. Check all the fun stuff down there. We've got some good uh, bet, um, you know, Caesars Sportsbook action down there. We've got all kinds of places to find out what goodies we got going on right here at the network. So by all means, check out the show box below. And now we're going to go for two for the money. All right, you ready, folks? Here we go. And boom, there we go. And there are games we talk about already. We've talked about the Suns. Uh, we talked about the Rangers and the Red Wings. Detroit is just a team going nowhere uh, at this point. We're going to uh, roll with the Rangers, even though it's the same game of back-to-back. We talked about Memphis over San Antonio. We talked about the Oilers and the Kings. The Kings, like you said, Jim, they're not playing well in their own end of the ice. Yeah. Getting pasted by Seattle the other night had to be uh, a rough, a rough wake up for the Kings, who are still battling, you know, for a playoff spot. It's a crowded field at the Western Conference when you look at it going into tonight. Let's uh, take a look here at the wild card standings, and in the West, the Kings. Are fortunate they're second right now in the Pacific, so they've got a guaranteed spot, but they're only two points ahead of the third place Oilers. And Vegas is only three points behind Edmonton. So while you have a little margin of error, it's not a big one. And you have to think Edmonton has a game in hand. Um, then you've got Dallas and St. Louis, they hold the two wild card spots. Uh, they have three games in hand on the Kings. So that's something that can come into play later on. Um, but, you know, you look at the wild cards, St. Louis 81, Dallas 77. Then Vegas has 76, Winnipeg has 74, Vancouver has 63, uh, San Jose has 66. They, they're still in it, but they've got to start winning some games, and it starts tonight uh, with Arizona, who became the second team, or the third team, to be eliminated from playoff contention joining the Canadians and Flyers in the we don't have to worry about playing for anything other than a participation trophy the rest of the year. Let's go with um, four for the show. 
Denver and Indiana, I can't trust Indiana. I just looked at Indiana's injury report. The Pacers are a train wreck. Uh, here's their injury report. As Goga Batadze is questionable with a sore foot. O'Shane Brissett is questionable with a, with a back issue. Chris Duarte is out with a toe problem. Uh, TJ McConnell out, of course, with their wrist surgery. Uh, Ricky Rubio torn ACL. Miles Turner in for the year with a foot injury. Hey, Warren didn't play all year. We'll play the rest of the season uh, with a, a foot problem. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon marked uh, for rest. I don't know if he's going to play. Isaiah Jackson questionable with a headache. Wayne Washington Jr. questionable with a hip bruise. Basically, uh, they're trying to get Dale Antonio Davis, uh, Jamal Tinsley, Rick Smith, and seeing if Regular wants to come out of the uh, broadcast table and suit up because Indiana is in trouble. As far as injuries go, they've been terrible all season. This is a big game for Denver. They can take over, I think, the top spot in the Northwest Division with a win. Yeah. Uh, their big injury, if you can call it one, other than the obvious ones of Murray and Porter Jr., to Michael Green, questionable with a sprained wrist. If he doesn't play, it just means you get to see Jeff Green. Um, not really a big loss. Uh not necessarily the long, the long injury report that we're likely to win. I mean, look at the Lakers, Marlowe. They were in that game yesterday, and um, they had a longer injury report than Dallas and got blown out. So, yeah, that's true. The Pacers could use Cheryl Miller. I mean, the Pacers could use pretty much anybody that has a pulse. I'm sure they'd probably get some of the guys from their old ADA days if they could. Um, I'm going to take the Mavs over the the Mavs over the Cavs uh, in the rhyming show. No, it's not just you. I, I, I get where you're coming from with Dallas playing the second game of back-to-back. As long as uh, Doncic doesn't suddenly pop up on the injury report and he's not on it right now. Um, you know, Spencer did win. He's out. But I don't know how much of a contributor he's been because it's basically been the Doncic show since they traded Porzingis. And the Mavs still have a lot to play for down the stretch because they want to make sure they keep a guaranteed playoff spot. Uh, the Cavs, you know, they don't have Jared Allen. Evan Mobley is out again tonight with an ankle injury. Uh, and, of course, you don't have Rondo. Uh, R.J. Nemhart is available, for those of you that were hit, that were concerned about that. Uh, yeah, marketing could uh, step up and put up some points. The problem between marketing and Mobley is Mobley can rebound. Marketing is just kind of passive when it comes to that. Uh, but I guess you can get some points. I could also see Kevin Love getting some more run or Sidney Osmond uh, in that regard. Um, Vegas, I'm going to take over the Kraken. Um, this is a got to win game for Vegas. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm just taking a look to see if they've confirmed who's going to start in net for Vegas yet. People keep saying that Robin Leonard's going to come back. I haven't seen it. Right now they're yeah. showing... Yeah, exactly. Right now they're showing uh, Logan Thompson is going to start, and Chris Drencher is expected to get the start for Seattle. Apparently, they finally listened to me and decided that they weren't going to start Philippe Grubauer to stink out the place again. Um, because let's face it, he's been less than uh, less than stellar this season. Yeah, you got to do what you do best. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm going to look for the Heat and the Celtics to go over the total. I know it's strange when you think about how these teams play defense, but 
if you look of late, these teams have been piling up points for some unknown reason. Uh, Miami has put up Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Five overs in their last six. Uh, Boston has six straight games going over the total. They had five straight where they scored at least 124 points before losing the other night to Toronto in overtime, 115-112, in a game where they didn't have Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, or Al Horford. Uh, so you have to wonder how many more points they would have had those guys played. Um but I look for this to go over the number, which, like I said, I know it's a little weird, but both teams have regressed a little bit defensively since the All-Star break. I get that Boston's still first in the league and hit scoring defense, and Miami is fourth. Um, but they've both given up more than three points more per game since the break than they did before. This number is actually down to, what do I have it at? Okay, 213 and a half. Yeah. It's changed. Yeah. So I look for that to end up over the total. Time to go. And like, and like, Lex, like Lex said, Celtics are kind of over machines. That's true. All right, let's go to the big board. Um, and Sean brought up a valid point. You know, with Robert Williams, uh, the Time Lord, being out with that torn meniscus, it's going to have to force them to put up more points. It's also going to uh, create holes inside because Boss is going to have to commit someone to help defense uh, on Adebayo or something like that. It's going to open up opportunities for. Uh, some easy buckets. And now we go to the big board, which has got a whole bunch of weird games that we normally wouldn't talk about, but it just goes to show you what happens when you have weird scheduling days like today. And funky lines. Yeah. Like the Hornets. Look, they're favored. They're playing the Knicks. Normally I would just laugh at this because it's the Knicks, but uh, the Knicks have won games. And it's very concerning. Uh, they've won four in a row. Now, of course, they beat Charlotte and Charlotte. They beat Miami. Uh, then they scraped by Detroit, and they hit Chicago. But this is a third game in four-night situation for the, for the, the Knicks. They get there at home. Charlotte has a bit more to play for at this point. And the Hornets had won 7 of 8 before losing to Detroit the other night. Uh, or, I'm sorry, losing to Denver, the game that our good buddy Tim, Tim Earl was at when he said that. Yeah. Uh, he came out on the baseball show and said that uh, Jokic had his triple-double, the Nuggets won, uh, and he got his Jamal Murray jersey signed. So it was an all-around good night for Tim. Ryan wants to jump in there real quick and say, hey, you finally picked the Sharks. I pick the Sharks once in a while. You know, a blind, nut find, or a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Um, and they're playing the Coyotes. How could we not, Ryan? 
That's true, too. Uh, I wasn't going to point that part out. But, you know. Sorry. And yet, the, the, the Knicks have been winning of late, and I just think that, you know, the Knicks have a problem sustaining success. Um, and that's their problem, is, you know, I don't think they're going to uh, move the needle here. And Charlotte, like I said, Charlotte's still in the playoff picture. Right? It's a tenuous spot in the playoff picture, looking at the numbers here. They are currently sitting, you know, ninth. They probably won't finish better than eighth because they're three and a half games behind Cleveland for seventh. Um, but, you know, the Knicks, they're four and a half games behind Atlanta with six games left. The Knicks got hot at the wrong time. They should have gotten hot three weeks ago. And that's pretty much why I'm leading away from them. In the game of who gives a damn because it's the well, South This, is, this is a ping pong ball game. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Orlando is already out of the playoff contention, which is no surprise. They're tied for worst in the East. Washington is on life support. They're six games behind. They have seven left. Pretty much tells you that we'll be seeing the big fat E next to their name here pretty soon. Um, Washington played yesterday. They lost to the Bulls. They're playing the second game of back-to-back. Uh, hasn't bode well for Washington this year. Now, don't get me wrong, Orlando's not great by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and Wendell Carter Jr. is supposed to be out with a sprained wrist. But uh, I'm getting points. Washington is going to be fatigued. You're not going to see Kuzma again. I'm wondering if they're just going to sit him down for the rest of the year. It might. At this point. Zach has a quick question. He wants to know about thought process of an Oilers Kings over six uh, and a half. Uh, well, the funny thing about when the when the Kings play in these games is you know the uh, you get a fair amount of goals out of them. Um, you look at the last several matchups. The you see it seven and then five and then four and then twelve and then eleven. Uh, a couple games with, or three straight games with six. She had seven in the last matchup. The way Edmonton's been scoring of late, and like I said, in their last ten, you look at what the Oilers have put up uh, offensively, and it's four, four, seven, six, six, two, three, five, five, six. So you're looking at, let's see, 15, 21, 27, 29, 32, 37, 40, 48 goals in their last ten games. Uh, it's no surprise the Oilers have gone over at eight of their last ten. The Kings have actually gone over. Uh, the overs four zero and one in their last five. Um, they uh, hung six on Nashville. Uh, they lost four three, and then they had a four two game with Seattle. Then they lost six one to Seattle. Um, it seems like in the last stretch of games, the Kings have kind of fallen off defensively. Just looking, you see they gave up 12, uh, 13, 18 goals in the last five. They've scored um, 15. So you're looking at uh, 6.6 goals a game in their last five in that stretch. I just think that's going to end up, it's either going to end up uh, 4-3 or 5-2 or something like that. That's what the last matchup was, was 5-2. I know the Kings are struggling defensively, especially without Doty and that uh, Roy is out. And Walker is out. You know, they're basically trying to find 
live bodies to put in there on the blue line, and it just hasn't panned out. Um, I get what you're saying, Lex. I'm not crazy about it either, but, you know, hey, Orlando's playing some tough basketball of late. Washington's kind of folded up like a cheap tent. The Pelicans and the Trailblazers, this game is just horrible. I looked at the injury report and I said, I'm wondering who's even going to play in this game. Uh, Portland's injury report is pretty much everybody. Uh, Eric Bledsoe out, Josh Hart out, Joe Ingles out, Damian Lillard, Nasir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, Ifri Simons, Trenton Watford, Justice Winslow all out. On the plus side, Greg Brown the third is probable. Yay. So... At least there's gonna be one guy on the floor. Yeah. Uh, for the Pel- or for the Pels, uh, you know, Jared Harper's in the G League. Kira Lewis has been out since December. Uh, Larry Nance is gonna play after you know knee surgery. We all know about Zion. Don't need to talk about him. Valanciunas is the big question mark. He's questionable with a sore foot. Either way, anybody that's had the misfortune of watching the Portland Trail Blazers of late, the only uh, trails they've been blazing is to getting lit up on the scoreboard. Or creating creating lines to the basket for a layup drill. Uh, if you look at Portland's games lately, they lost three by three to Oklahoma City as a favorite. They lost by seventeen and nineteen to Houston. They lost by thirty seven to the Spurs. By thirty one to Indiana. By thirty to the Knicks. That's just in the last ten games. I mean, those are some horrible numbers. This team is going nowhere. They're they letting teams shoot 50% like it's going out of style. Um, it could be a bad night. Hey, guys, real quick favor to ask. Um, do me a favor, and Zach, you're looking at, you're watching this on Facebook. Other guys are watching this on uh, YouTube. Do me a favor and just uh, tell me what Facebook page or what YouTube channel you're watching this on. Okay, could you do that for me? You can either do it in the comments uh, below or just do it in the chat box, okay? And Chris, I don't want to hang you up, so keep going, buddy. We're at uh, we're where are we? San Jose? I'm sorry, Sacramento? Or are we? Yeah, Sac- Sacramento and Houston. It's in, well, I skipped over Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma City's injury report is while. just as bad. Yes. Yeah, Oklahoma City's injury report is just as bad as Portland's because Darius Basley's out, Lou Dort's out, Derek Favors is out, Josh Giddy is out, Gilgis Alexander is out, Ty Jerome is out, Mike Muscala is out, Kendrick Williams is out for the Hawks. You want to see John Collins or Sharif Cooper or Gallinari. He's a, a late addition to the out list. DeAndre Hunter is questionable. My concern with the Hawks isn't that they'll win the game. My concern with the Hawks is that they won't cover the game. Because if you look at recent trends, um, Atlanta has struggled when it comes to covering lines. They had a double-digit line against Portland. They won by nine as a 14-point favorite. Uh, they beat Indiana by three in mid-March as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. They beat the Clippers by six as an eight-point favorite. Um, they have struggles. Uh, they're 0-6 against the spread. Their last six after scoring at least 125 points. They're 2-12 and against the spread. Their last 14 after a straight-up win. They're 1-5 against the spread. Their last six after an ATS win. Uh, the alternative is you can say, hey, this might go over 229 because when these teams meet in Oklahoma City, uh, apparently they score a bunch of points. The over is 10-1 in the last 11 meetings. And Oklahoma City 8-1 in the last night overall. Sacramento and Houston, we're talking about teams that are bad. Um, 
Kings are give, were giving three and could be two and a half now. Um, you're looking at the fact that Houston won't have Dennis Schroeder or Aaron Gordon or Anthony Lamb or Christian Wood. The Kings, of course, don't have De'Aaron Fox or Rishon Holmes or Sabonis. So that was great. You transferred Demonis Sabonis and he's done playing. Uh, that was a great trade to trade Buddy Heald and, Ty- and Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers. Uh, in a battle of two teams going nowhere. I'll take the Kings there. Like I said, I'm going to look for the Sharks and the Coyotes to go over six, like Euler brought up earlier. Uh, there's been 21 goals the last two times these teams met. Uh, the over is 8-1-1 in the last 10 meetings. Kings and the Oilers, like I said, I'm going to look to go over six and a half. Uh, Vegas and Seattle, I look to go over six, which is funny, but if you look, both meetings that these two teams have had have gone over the mark. Uh, they've combined for totals of uh, six and seven goals, respectively, against totals of five and a half. Uh, and like Jim said earlier, this is a game where Vegas has to win uh, if they want to stay in the playoff chase. Because if you can't beat the Kraken, you probably don't deserve to be in playoff contention at this stage of things. Um, and like Ryan said, the Sharks over the Coyotes. And I'm going with the Canucks for some reason. The Canucks are the favorite, but they're also being the underdog on the puck line because that's why the prohibit it's so prohibitive at minus two seventy five because they're that's you're getting a goal and a half. It's not very often you see the favorite getting goals in this case. Fortunately, Bruce Bruno has woken up. Uh, he's supposed to be starting Thatcher Demko tonight after starting a lock in the first matchup uh, the other day in St. Louis, which the Blues won. Demko has been confirmed as of earlier this morning. Uh, reports are that Billy Huso will get the start for the Blues over Jordan Bennington. Uh, I know earlier there was questions about Winnipeg and Buffalo. That game coming to you from the Key Bank Center in Western New York. I'm going to roll with Winnipeg here. I know Buffalo has played some better hockey of late. Uh, they rallied from 4 nothing down to beat Chicago the other night. Uh, they've picked up a point in six straight games, uh, winning four of those. So they're 4-0-2 in their last six. Here's the problem. Uh, the Sabres still aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, and while it's fun to win games at this point in the season, um, it usually helps when you're winning games that mean something. I know Kyle Connor is probably not going to be on the ice for Winnipeg. Neither is Nate Schmidt. They're both in the protocol, apparently. They were at it this morning. Um, but, you know, this is a game the Jets need to get pick up two points in the standings. I would go with Winnipeg uh, over Buffalo. So there you go. And um, real quick, let's do some promos <laughs> for... Lex said, as long as the Sharks score two, two goals, or get to two first against Arizona, he doesn't care. He's a happy guy. Okay, fair enough. Um... Remember to watch the entire Max Wagers team midday money with Sean Higgs at noon, morning with Allie Burns, 1 to 2. Then we are here, just parlays with Chris King, 2 to 3 p.m. The Scots come up at 3, back to the window. Scott and Scott, 3 to 4. Game time decisions with Nick, Lenny, and Timothy, 5 p.m. And uh, you guys are doing uh, some baseball in between the, the 
the 3 o'clock and the 5 o'clock show, right, Chris? You want to give yourself some promo today? Well, no, I did the Central yesterday. Today it's actually going to be, it's supposed to be Tim. Tim is going to join okay. Scott, Scott to do the uh, AL and NL West divisions. Okay. So that ought to be interesting. But, you know, for those of you that are crazy enough to bet on NASCAR, you know, Scott, Scott and I will be on for what we're now calling Left Turn Mania. <laughs> Friday afternoons. Uh, usually Turn around left. Four, yeah, right around 4 or 4.15 Eastern. Uh, usually after they finish their show and uh, Steve has a chance to go uh, drink a beverage or two. Rachel gets to fix his hair. Right, you know, make up, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. All right, boys and girls, any final thoughts before we get out of here on a tough Wednesday? No, well, Lex thinks that, Lex said, said that we think the crack can win to stop Vegas' playoff chances out of spite. Well, you have to be right. good enough to win to stop them out of spite. I mean, you can see Dredger uh, step up and steal a win. We've seen a lot of goaltenders yeah. do that. We haven't seen a lot of goaltenders do it lately because goaltending has been bad around the league. Um, if it comes down to an offensive bonanza, I think uh, Seattle would be in trouble. Uh, but if Dredger can uh, keep him in the game, why not? Yeah. I hope not from the perspective of we took Vegas. But, right. But um, it's possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. There you go. All right, boys and girls, we will be back tomorrow. Same time, same channels that you're watching us on. Um, and thanks for everybody uh, you know, telling us where you watch us. That's greatly appreciated. And we will see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock right here on the Max Wagers Network. For Chris King, I'm Jim Williams saying so long, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow, 2 p.m. on Thursday for some actual college basketball action as the NIT ends it all tomorrow night. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.